Welcome to the Bone Coach Show, dedicated to helping you understand all things related to diet, lifestyle, bone health, and how you can live and thrive with low bone density and osteoporosis. I'm your host, Kevin Ellis, certified health coach, health and wellness speaker, and above all else, your bone coach. After being diagnosed with osteoporosis in my early 30s, I transformed my health through diet and lifestyle and now help my clients and community members do the same through my online coaching practice, Bone Coach. Look, there are no quick and easy cures for low bone density, but the choices we make every single day can have a powerful impact on our bones, our health, and our general well-being. I'll share the research, interview the experts, and help you figure out how to get the conditions right in your body so you can better your bones through diet and lifestyle. Short disclaimer, I'm not a medical doctor, and this show should not be considered medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare team before making medical decisions and changes to your diet and lifestyle. With that being said, let's get on with the show. You know, we have 37 trillion cells in the human body, which is a mind-blowing stat. Virtually all of those cells have the same life cycle, right? They're born, they grow, they mature, they replicate, they acquire some damage, and eventually they stop replicating and they go through apoptosis, right? That's, that's the life cycle for most cells. But brain cells or neurons, they don't. They, they don't turn over. You have one set of brain cells and when they die, they die. And so there's no turnover in the brain. I mean, th there's some science right now that's that's emerging that shows that maybe we have some, some potential for turning over neurons in the brain through using medicinal mushrooms or different therapies. If you haven't done so already, especially if you're newly diagnosed with osteopenia or osteoporosis, or if your most recent bone density scan still showed more bone loss, go ahead and pause this episode and head over to bonecoach.com to sign up for your free seven day osteoporosis kickstart guide. That's going to give you everything you need step by step by step over the next seven days to get on the path to improvement and stronger bones. You won't wanna miss that. So pause this right now, head over to bonecoach.com and I'll be here as soon as you get back. Welcome, welcome to this episode of The Bone Coach Show. Joining us today to explore cellular senescence, senolytics, bone loss, and osteoporosis is Dr. Nick Bitts. Dr. Nick Bitts is a naturopathic physician specializing in integrative medicine and working as Senior VP of Product Development at Neurohacker Collected. His areas of expertise include nootropics, anti-aging, and Ayurveda. Nick has been featured in leading conversations surrounding longevity, cellular senescence, and senolytics, he loves to dive deep into the latest discoveries in aging research, cellular senescence, and senolytics, and lifestyle and behavior recommendations based on that research. Nick joined Neurohacker Collective in September 2021 to help lead the company's innovation efforts by creating and implementing new strategies for product development. Prior to this role, Nick was the chief scientific officer at Neutrowise and the director of product development at Irwin Naturals. His formulations can be found at major retail stores such as Sprouts, Whole Foods, Target, and Costco under the brands Irwin Naturals, Applied Nutrition, U-Theory, True Nature, and Kirkland Signature. During his free time, Nick maintains a steady yoga and meditation practice and enjoys spending time outdoors with his wife and daughter traveling, hiking, camping, skiing, and exploring national parks. He also actively supports his local charities and volunteers at his daughter's elementary school, which I absolutely love that. Uh, man, you just spoke to so many things that I love right there. So Dr. Nick Bitts, welcome to the show. It is great to have you here today. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. Oh, and I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a really interesting topic. 
uh, today that we're going to talk about. So before we get into cellular senescence and senolytics and, and those kinds of things and how they relate to our bone health, let's talk about you and your story and how you came to be where you're at right now. Yeah, great. I was born, raised in Colorado. I grew up in kind of the health food stores in Denver and Boulder. Um, so I've been passionate about food, supplements, botanicals, uh, natural medicine for, for virtually my, my entire life. I had an accident when I was probably about 12 years old. I fell out of a tree and hurt my back. And at that time, uh, I, I searched and searched and searched trying to find cures and, and accurate diagnoses and all of that. And eventually uh, it turned up being empty. Everyone's like, oh, I think you're fine. And you're just going to have to deal with pain. And so as a young boy who was active, you know, I played every sport imaginable um, and, and I was totally healthy. I just was trying to find a solution. And, and so I, I was left to really heal myself. And so I started exploring traditional Chinese medicine, started getting into acupuncture, started working with uh, Chinese botanicals, started doing massage uh, treatments and started working with holistic practitioners. And eventually I was given the tools to really heal myself. And so I think through that course, I learned a lot about conventional medicine and what's lacking and what we can do individually to, to heal ourselves, to create health. Um, and I learned a lot in the process. And so I think that whole healing journey really set me on my path towards medical school. I, I was contemplating going the traditional route and, and I, I discovered naturopathic medicine, which was a, a really interesting blend of the Chinese traditional uh, uh, paradigm, the Indian Ayurvedic paradigm, a lot of Western herbalism, nutrition, a lot of things that I was passionate about. Um, the fact that I could learn that in a university within a clinical setting and become a physician at the end just blew my mind. And so I moved up to Seattle, um, entered Bastyr University, which is uh, one of the oldest naturopathic medical schools. I did about six years up there, took a little time off to move to India, where I studied uh, Ayurveda and yoga. I moved into an ashram there and really did a deep dive into that philosophy and that worldview um, and then brought that back to my training as a naturopathic physician. Um, so I did my residency. Soon after doing my residency in family medicine, moved out to LA because I got an opportunity to formulate for, for a company uh, in the supplement space. And given that supplements are my passion, I immediately was like, yes, that is a hard yes. Picked up, moved to Los Angeles, got involved in the dietary supplement industry and practiced on the side. And eventually formulating, creating supplements has just become my life. So I've been doing that since about 2009 uh, with several companies, um, now working with Neurohacker, which is this emerging brand uh, in the D2C online space, focusing on nootropics um, and anti-aging products. So That's exciting. That's an amazing journey also. And what's really neat about your story is that you are, you're trained in Ayurveda, and you're trained as a naturopathic physician. You're blending kind of the old world with the, the new world and the current research and things like that, which is, that's, that's awesome. What does the Ayurvedic approach look like for bone health? All right. That's a vast, uh, vast topic. I'm glad you asked. Um, I'll, I'll try to just keep it to a few points um, to not overwhelm folks because Ayurveda is, is incredibly vast. Um, it's, it's a worldview in and of itself, you know, Ayurveda comes from India. Um, it's the sister science of yoga. 
Um, it's considered kind of the science of life. And it's, so it's really much more than just a medical system. It really is a philosophical system in terms of how it views the world, how it views the body, and how we as, as humans can live in harmony with the universe using these basic universal laws. So at its core, um, Ayurveda looks at everything energetically and it breaks everything down into these five elements, um, which are, I'll just mention briefly, ether, air, fire, water, um, and earth. And so it's about bringing all of those elements into balance, both internally and externally to create health. And when you talk about bones, of course, bones are made of those five elements, but Ayurveda has a very interesting perspective about how bones are manufactured in the body, which is, is I think completely foreign to the Western mindset, but it's so interesting and it's so relevant because it's very practical. Um, and, and once you understand this framework, you can understand what you need to do to build bone health. Just in short, so Ayurveda looks at the human body as um, seven different tissues and you form these tissues from food. And so that's the most critical part. You form all of these seven tissues from food, but when you eat food, you basically transform that food from tissue to tissue to tissue. And bone is one of the last tissues that gets produced. And so if you don't have the digestive capacity to break down foods, or you're not getting the right nutrients to build those, those bones or those tissues, the, the, the tissues, especially at the tail end of those conversions become smaller, they become weaker, they become thinner. And so in Ayurveda, they recommend doing a couple things. Um, one of the first things they recommend is getting rid of toxins from the body. Toxins in the body tend to inhibit that transformation through those seven tissues, uh, eventually getting to bone. And so there's several different ways to do that. You can do that through a short-term detox. I recommend a mono diet. Um, it's very simple. You can just eat a uh, very clean, basic food for about one to two weeks. And you just basically push reset and allows the body to just move towards health, restore health, and you get rid of these toxins naturally. And so there's a dish called kitchari and kitchari is, uh, it's a Ayurvedic staple. I would consider it almost like macaroni and cheese in India. It's kind of this like nurturing very uh, down home grounding, amazing meal, but it's very healing. And so if you can just focus on a mono diet, very clean, doing kitchari or something else that you're familiar with for one to two weeks, that helps to clear some of those toxins out so that you can convert uh, food all the way to the bone. And then the second component is increasing your digestive fire. And, and there's a couple different things that you can do uh, to increase digestive fire from an Ayurvedic standpoint. They recommend um, as an example, a supplement or a product called trikatu. And trikatu is a Sanskrit term that means tri and katu. And tri means three, katu means spices. And so it's this ancient blend of long pepper, black pepper, and ginger. And so you can take that blend uh, before meals just to stimulate your digestive fire, to make sure that you're giving the body a chance to burn through that food and make sure that you're building bone at the very end. And then there's a lot of diet recommendations that you can do as well. So one of them would be an anti-vata diet. 
sounds very foreign unless you know a little bit about Ayurveda. Um, it's worth Googling um, because this would be a whole nother podcast, I think, in and of itself. But the anti-Vata anti diet essentially is just increasing the earth element in your diet to make sure that you're giving the bones the nutrients that you need. So in this diet, leafy greens, as an example, are, are de-emphasized. So doing like salads, doing fruits, things that lack earth are not recommended for uh, individuals trying to build bone health. And so there are certain nutrients too. Once you've gotten rid of those toxins, you've increased your digestive fire, um, you've adjusted your diet, you can actually start taking some botanicals as well. And so two of them that are worth mentioning would be cissus quadrangulus. There really isn't a Western name for it, um, but cissus uh, C-I-S-S-U-S -S -S is considered like the bone botanical in Ayurvedic medicine. Fantastic remedy. And that's, again, been used for hundreds, if not thousands of years for building bone tissue specifically. Um, and then sesame seeds. Ayurveda recommends doing about a fistful of sesame seeds every day. So pouring that um, into your hand, consuming that, turning it into an oil by chewing the seeds uh, pretty voraciously and then swallowing that oil. And so sesame seeds are full of nutrients and minerals and things that help build bone. And so that's critically important. And then from an Ayurvedic perspective, the last thing I think worth mentioning uh, would be um, something called Abhyanga, which is daily self-massage. And so Ayurveda recommends using um, a sesame oil um, especially later in life, doing a daily sesame oil massage just to really nourish the body's tissues and especially the bones, feed the bones, because you absorb these oils directly into the bones, which can increase their strength, increase their flexibility, um, and overall just increase their, their resilience over time. And so the, the reason that I love Ayurveda is because it's very thoughtful um, it's, it's incredibly practical. It's things that you can do at home without spending a lot of money. Um, and these principles are tried and true. Uh, and again, because Ayurveda has been around for about 5,000 years, we know what works and what doesn't work. And so I, I like that kind of regimen or protocol from the Ayurvedic perspective. I think that it's incredibly helpful from, from a, a health or a bone perspective. And what does the naturopathic physician perspective look like for bone health? Yeah, great question. You know, there, there's a lot of overlap between how naturopathic physicians and Ayurvedic physicians view the body and view bone health in particular. They both view it as a condition of malnutrition. So it's either malnutrition or malabsorption from an uh, sorry, from a naturopathic perspective. And so the emphasis from a naturopathic or a functional medicine perspective is to make sure that we're increasing the amount of nutrients that you're getting on a daily basis. And again, increasing um, your ability to absorb and utilize these nutrients overall. And so naturopathic physicians, um, you know, some of them just will say, oh, just take a K2 D3 supplement and, and call it a day. And that's fine. That there's, there's, there's value in that. K2 D3 is an incredible combination. I'm a big fan uh, of that, especially in like a two to one ratio. When you look at K2 to D3, 
Um, I generally will recommend about 100 micrograms of K2 and about 100, uh, sorry, 50 micrograms of D3. That seems to be the right ratio, um, and it helps just pull calcium um, and minerals right into the bone. So incredibly important. But there's other things that you can do as well. Um, one of them would be um, a pre-meal digestive tonic. So doing like apple cider vinegar before you have a meal helps to stimulate all of your digestive tract and all your digestive enzymes to make sure that you're primed to receive the nutrients from that meal that you're about to eat. They also would recommend, you know, weight bearing exercise. We know that, um, you know, there was a study as an example that showed that standing on one leg for just 20 minutes per day uh, can increase bone density, especially in the, the femur bone. Um, so that reduces the risk of, of fractures. It just helps to build bone density naturally. But of course, you can do any kind of weight bearing exercise, whether that's, you know, lifting mild weights, walking, dancing, you know, low impact yoga, as an example, gardening, these things can help just put some uh, weight or some stress on the bones. And then the bones will naturally do what they need to do in order to increase their density, increase their strength overall. I could go on and on, but I, I will mention collagen is potentially one of my favorite nutrients. And I'm finding a lot of naturopathic physicians are resorting to collagen uh, to build bone health. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And you know, also in, I know naturopathic physicians typically look at hormones. Also, they walk through that. Um, and then part of that picture too, with the, the exercise would be also incorporating some of that resistance training too. So for everybody listening, you would want that weight bearing exercise, but you also want to have the resistance training there too. We've got plenty of other episodes that go into that stuff. So we won't get too into, into that here because um, I want I want to use uh, Dr. Nick's time in a really amazing way to talk about kind of the the future. Let's actually talk about cellular senescence. What is cellular senescence, and uh, what's the difference between that and autophagy? Okay, so now we're getting technical. Um, Do it. So senescence is is a very interesting topic. I, I would say it's probably the the future of aging medicine. Um, and it has direct uh, implications for bone health. The word senescence comes from the Latin word senex, which means uh, to get old. It's kind of the process of getting old. And so this idea of cellular senescence is this idea that cells get old. And what happens at the end of that cell's lifespan after it gets old and it stops replicating. And so we've now learned that cellular senescence is one of the hallmarks of aging. It's one of the drivers of aging. And so people are looking at this process to understand how it impacts the body, how it impacts tissue health, how it impacts uh, health span, lifespan. And so people are investing millions, if not billions of dollars in this space, trying to figure out how do we attack these quote unquote senescent cells that have gone through their life cycle, stopped replicating and are just sitting there in your tissues. And so that's kind of the area that, that, that I think is really interesting. There is some really interesting research showing that certain compounds can help to drive those cells out of tissues. And that, that area is called senolytic therapies and senolytics are anything that destroys 
um, these senescent cells in the tissues. And as it relates to bone health, we do over time, we accumulate these senescent cells directly in the bone tissue, which can decrease the, uh, the structure of the bone. It can decrease the, the function of the bone. These senescent cells are considered zombie cells because they secrete these inflammatory compounds that can really impact the microenvironment within the bone as well as the tissue surrounding the bone. And so if you can undercut that using these senolytic compounds, you can help encourage these cells to fall off from the body. And they fall off through the process called apoptosis. Apoptosis is a Latin word that means to fall off, like uh, yellow leaves falling off of a tree or petals falling off of a flower. And that's the natural process of life. But senescent cells somehow skip that whole process. They upregulate these proteins that kind of shield themselves from the immune system and from this process of self-destruction that is apoptosis. And so the promise of senolytics is that you can go in there into the body, into a tissue specifically, and encourage those cells to enter its life cycle and to fall off from the body. And so senescence is different than autophagy, going back to your question. Autophagy is how a cell usually repairs itself. And so during its life cycle, uh, a, a cell generally will accumulate uh, some amount of damage. And, and one of its repair mechanisms is called autophagy. Um, autophagy means self-eating. And so it literally will kind of digest and break down these damaged cell components and recycle them and then build new ones. And so it's important then to make sure that autophagy is primed, that whole process is optimized. There's a lot of ways that you can do that uh, in the body, but that really helps to prevent cells from getting to that senescent uh, stage, if that makes sense. And so there are two different processes that, that cells kind of go through, but I think the ripe area right now is that area of cellular senescence. That's great. If you are listening to this and you're finding this helpful or really interesting, be sure to hit that like button. If you're on the podcast or YouTube channel, be sure to hit that share button or the subscribe button. Share with somebody that you know that could really benefit from this uh, because I know what Dr. Nick is about to talk about here really soon is going to be super, super interesting. Uh, so make sure you stick around for that. Dr. Nick, let's talk about now, you know, the area of senolytics and what are, what are some of the studies showing around senolytics? Uh, actually, let's talk about what is a senolytic first. Yeah, great starting point. Um, so again, senolytic, uh, it, it comes from that same root word as, as senescence, which is senex, which means old. And lytic comes from lysis, which means to destroy. And so a senolytic really is any natural compound or really any compound that can destroy senescent cells or destroy the process of getting old. And so that's kind of what a senolytic is. And it can refer to anything. It can be a food compound. It can be, it can be a, a supplement compound. It can be a botanical. It can be a pharmaceutical drug. But these senolytics, they all have a similar mechanism of action. We know that they go in and they disrupt these upregulated proteins that are called SCAP networks that senescent cells um, basically express. And, and so that's how they go in. They, they basically disable the shield of these senescent cells so that then that cell will go through apoptosis as it is. The whole field started in just 2015. So it's a brand new field. 
was based upon a, a mouse study where they combined uh, two different compounds. One is quercetin, um, which is a natural compound found in yellow onions, as an example, widely used in the supplement space for its histamine uh, and inflammatory effects. And so they combined quercetin with desatinib, which is a pharmaceutical drug for cancer. And they basically put these two together because they understood their mechanism of action inside the body. And they knew that these can go in and disrupt those upregulated protein pathways of senescent cells. And it was shown in mice that it not only decreased the amount of senescent cells throughout the body of the mouse, but it also improved the function of all the, 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 the tissues and their outputs as well. And so that study showed that the mice that were given these senolytic compounds had improved cardiovascular function. Um, they had improved stamina and exercise endurance. They had reduction in osteoporosis. Um, they had uh, improved or lengthened health span and improved or lengthened lifespan. And so it was that kind of that one, two idea of like, we were able to lower senescent cell load within mice and it provided these amazing functional benefits. I think that lit a fire under the scientific community of people saying, wow, these things are amazing. They are literally targeting the root cause of aging, not the downstream manifestations of aging, but literally the root cause of aging. And not only do they have an impact of lowering senescent cells, but they can improve measures all across the body and all tissues. And so, you know, it is, it's, it's incredibly important, I would say for bone health. And, and there's been a lot of studies since this time showing the impact of senescent cells in bone and how, when we can decrease the senescent cell load within bones, bones will rejuvenate and, and regain some of their youthful function over time. So are there specific studies to date in humans using senolytics on, for bone loss, bone health, osteoporosis? Do we have that in humans? Uh, yeah, you know, it is early days. And again, I, I, uh, I will emphasize that, that I think this is the future. And I, I, this is really at kind of the, the edge of the fireball in terms of where everything's going. This is right there, certainly is ready for prime time, but we're, we're learning right now more and more about this space. And so there's a lot that we need to determine. Um, we have a lot of preclinical data there's a lot of new human clinicals that are registered on clinicaltrials.gov. In particular, I know that there's at least one human study that is in progress currently that is expected to wrap, I believe, in April 2023, that is looking at that combination of quercetin, desatinib, on the impact on bones specifically in humans. And so there's, I think there, there's going to be a lot of emerging information in this area very soon. What are the most interesting things you've learned as being part of this process, uh, you know, and, and being involved with cellular senescence and senolytics and product development and all that stuff? What are some of the most interesting things you've come across? Oh, boy. Well, I think we're, we only have scratched the surface in terms of understanding which compounds are actually senolytic. So shortly after that 2015 study that I referenced, um, that was on desatinib and quercetin, there was a, I think a 2018 study that looked at a whole panel of polyphenols, which are kind of antioxidant compounds in foods and such. And they looked at the, the, the relative effect of all of these polyphenols. And they discovered at least one, two, or three different compounds that are really powerful. Um, the most powerful was a compound called fisetin. 
And the amount of interest on fisetin right now is just unreal. Um, you can read about it online, but it's a very interesting molecule is naturally found in strawberries as an example, but you would have to eat truckloads of strawberries to get an active dose of fisetin. And so um, there's better ways to get it. It is super concentrated in the Japanese um, fruit wax tree. And so now there's a lot of supplement companies um, that are starting to use that specific molecule from Japanese fruit wax trees to create products. And so we're learning more. Um, we know that, that no senolytic compound can address all of the senescent cells in the body. And so senescent cells are, are very heterogeneous. They're not all the same. They have different... Um, they express different cytokines. They express different proteins that protect them from, from apoptosis in the immune system. And so there's no one compound that can get rid of all of the senescent cells. And so it is important then, um, at least the latest thinking, it's important to have multiple senolytic compounds together to make sure that you're maximizing the clearance of senescent cells um, in the body. And, and it's interesting too, because senolytic compounds are not equally active in all tissues. And so we know that fisetin has an affinity for adipose or, or fat tissues. And we know that quercetin has an affinity for bone marrow. And we know that curcumin, which comes from turmeric, has an affinity for the brain and the uh, intervertebral discs. And so we're learning much more about even the affinities. And so Again, I think the important point there is that you should look for a senolytic product um, that has multiple uh, ingredients in it, not just one, and that will help maximize the clearance overall. And, and most of the studies to date also use a very unique dosing schedule, and it's called a hit and run approach. So it's basically where you give the body a big dose of these senolytic compounds for one or two days, and then you let the body recover and rest. And, and so it's not something that you do every single day. It's much more akin to um, like a fast or a short-term detox where you kind of hit them hard and then you let the body recover over time. And so the studies do show that everyday continuous dosing is not as effective as this intermittent dosing schedule. And so most of the science, most of the clinicals in this area use that intermittent dosing of, um, you know, one or two days at a time, and then let the body do its work. It does take time for these senescent cells to reaccumulate in the body. And we do have evidence showing that as an example, one round of that desatinib quercetin combination, the effects lasted about seven months in mice. And so they have this kind of lingering lasting effect. And so that whole idea of intermittent dosing for me is, is, is very different. You know, I'm, a, I'm used to recommending taking supplements every single day as a tool to, to, to build health. And, you know, this, I think, blows that out of the water. Um, and, and it, it is interesting from that approach as well. And it, are people feeling different as this is taking place? So you do this intermittent dosing and then how do you feel like when these, uh, senescent cells are, you know, when they're actually dying off and do you have a certain feeling inside of you? Like, Hey, this is actually working. How can you tell? Yeah, you, generally. So you don't feel the die off. 
um, generally speaking. So there's, you're not excreting a lot of cellular components through, uh, through the kidney or through the, sure. the colon. Um, th- those components are recycled and they're just reused to build new cells. But with all that said, yeah, it depends on, uh, it depends on a lot of different things. It depends on your age because we know that senescent cells do accumulate over time. So we're finding that the older the individual is that is using a senolytic, the greater the effect is because they have more of that senescent cell burden. I will say that there is to date no test that can measure senescent cell load to show a change over time. So if somebody starts at, let's say, 100, a level of 100 of senescent cells, they take a senolytic, and then there's another test that shows they're at 30. So they show that reduction. That doesn't exist right now, unfortunately. So the best way to measure to date is using a biopsy, but that's not always um, practical uh, nor, nor really useful. Uh, we are finding that people are noting though, a functional benefit. And so it really depends on what tissue the senescent cells are building up in. Um, if they're building up in your joint, as an example, you can get benefits uh, in terms of joint comfort, uh, the ability to walk and those types of areas as it relates specifically to joint health. If they're building up in your brain, Obviously, that is impacting your ability to learn new things. It's impacting mood, cognitive function. So you should, in theory, then get a lift in your focus, memory, mood, all these things as it relates to cognition. And so there's no one thing I think that people should expect when they take a senolytic uh, uh, regimen. Uh, It really is contingent on where that person is in terms of age and, and their health status. Now, you mentioned brain health to just a minute ago and and how what is the connection between is is there a connection between senescent cells and then maybe neurodegenerative conditions as well yeah so so you know we have 37 trillion cells in the human body um, which is a mind-blowing stat virtually all of those cells have the same life cycle right? They're born, they grow, they mature, they replicate, they acquire some damage, and eventually they stop replicating and they go through apoptosis, right? That's, that's the life cycle for most cells. But brain cells or neurons, they don't. They, they don't turn over. You have one set of brain cells and when they die, they die. And so there's no turnover in the brain. I mean, th- there's some science right now that's, that's emerging that shows that maybe we have some, um, some potential for turning over neurons in the brain through using medicinal mushrooms or different therapies. But I, again, that's early science. Um, I think that in time, what we're, what we're getting at, when you, when, it, when you talk about senescence, the important thing then is not to look at neurons, but to look at the surrounding cells around neurons, um, like the glial cells, the supporting cells. Um, those go through senescence and they become senescent. And so they do turn over. And so senolytics um, can certainly impact that if they can get up into the brain. But we do know that decreasing the senescent sodium, the senescent cell load uh, peripherally can impact alpha clothoprotein in the brain, which is a compound that scientists have been trying to figure out how can we raise this protective protein, especially in the brain. Um, And they've, they've to date pretty much failed. But now we know that if you can lower peripheral senescent cell load, you can raise this protective protein in the brain and potentially get some of those protective benefits through alpha clotho. 
Interesting. What about uh, what about the immune system? You know, what? How does the immune system factor into this? Yeah. So the immune system is is directly related to this. The immune system does go through senescence as as, as well. It's an immune. It's a concept called immunosenescence. Um, and in part, it describes why the immune system ages over time and why we become more prone to illness, immune illness, as we age over time. It's because your immune system is not turning over and a lot of the cells are stuck in senescence over time. And so it's important then to have a, a really robust immune response so that you can go in and detect all of these senescent cells and clip them off so that the body can get rid of them. And so the immune system is really intricately related to this whole conversation. And so aside from senolytics, one of my strong recommendations then is just to support your immune system on a daily basis. Of course, there's a lot of things that you can do there. Um, I'm infatuated with beta glucans that are those polysaccharide compounds that come from um, medicinal mushrooms. And they really help to kind of give you trained immunity. And so the more that you take them, the more that you build up your immune strength so that if it's challenged, the immune system can respond uh, effectively. And so beta-glucans can help with an aging immune system, but there's a lot of things that that you can do as well to, to build the immune system, vitamin D3, zinc, black garlic, probiotics, postbiotics. It's critically important step here when we're talking about senescence. That's great. And, and you mentioned beta glucans and, and immunity there. Uh, what about if somebody has an autoimmune condition, uh, you know, is beta glucan still maybe something that they would be incorporating into their plan? Yeah, I think it's, it's contentious for me to say yes, but yes, I think that's fine. Um, autoimmunity is a very complex area. There's a lot built into that. Um, you know, in part, the root cause is related to, uh, the gut, and, and leaky gut. And if you can heal the gut, then you're, you're treating the root cause um, as it relates to autoimmunity. But with all of that said, I haven't seen any data to suggest that beta-glucans would be absolutely contraindicated for anybody with autoimmunity. Anabolic resistance. Uh, and how, how does that tie into senescent cells also? Yeah. Anabolic resistance. So anabolic is, is muscle growth and resistance, of course, means the inability to, to, to grow your muscles. It, it directly relates to senescence because we know that these senescent cells get lodged in our muscles. And in part, if they are lodged in our muscles, muscles do not function properly. Um, there is an ingredient called synactive. Um, that's a blend of two different adaptogens. Um, and they've done studies in individuals that, that exercise and they actually use biopsies. So they did a biopsy of a muscle before exercise and after exercise, after using this compound. And they showed that this compound was able to reduce the senescent cell load within muscles specifically. And in, in, in turn, they, they improved the cellular content of muscles. So it kind of primes muscles. So they're able to grow properly and, and, and just recover better after exercise. And so part of the thinking is this idea of anabolic resistance is that, that, over time, as we age, we have in this inability to uh, build new muscle and we're, we're, we're have an inability to, to, to recover from exercise well, in part because of senescent cells. So hopefully I described that. Okay. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and outside of senolytics, are there any other diet lifestyle recommendations, things like that, that you would recommend to somebody, 
you know, for helping support, you know, senescent cells uh, and this whole process? Exercise is number one. It's probably only mildly senolytic and it's likely um, xenomorphic, which means it kind of helps to buffer those, those harmful chemicals that the senescent cells give off that create inflammation and, and problems in tissues. But some of the, the, the studies show that exercising can reduce uh, biomarkers of senescent cell burden. Also a fasting mimicking diet seems to be helpful. There's, there's some emerging research in this area as well, but really it's some of the big minds in this space have theorized that when you lower your calorie content, um, you can prime these senescent cells for elimination. And we do know that fasting supports autophagy. That's, I would say its primary indication is to promote autophagy and cellular repair so that cells don't get to senescence. So in turns, it may even prevent uh, cellular senescence. We talked about immune support, which is critically important here. Lastly, I'll mention just uh, blood sugar balance. We know that uh, hyperglycemia, high blood sugar levels can promote senescence. We don't understand why, um, but we know that when you can balance blood sugar, you can lower the impact of, uh, of glucose on senescent cell and in turn help with the elimination of senescent cells. And if you were to just summarize, you know, the biggest takeaways for senolytics and kind of the, what I think you're getting at is it's the future. Senolytics are the future. What are the biggest benefits and takeaways that somebody should get from this? Senolytics are powerful because they literally can reframe and remodel the entire human body. Uh, the bones included. And so I know people are taking things to get one benefit, but I think the, the promise and potential of senolytics is that it provides so many different benefits for the body, because again, it targets the root cause of aging, not necessarily the downstream manifest, uh, uh, manifestations of aging that we see in a clinical setting. And so it really takes a root cause approach, more of an upstream approach that can influence everything downstream, including bone health. That's, that's amazing. And actually, uh, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your expertise around senescent cells, senolytics, how it's tied into bone health, and even just taking us through that journey of kind of Ayurveda through naturopathic medicine, through senolytics too. That was, that was awesome. Um, I know that you mentioned right before this, uh, this conversation that you guys were going to Neurohacker Collective was generous enough to say, hey, for the Bone Coach audience, I think it's 15% off or something for uh, if you decide to do, we're going to give a code uh, in the show notes. So just visit the show notes. We're going to have a link there. If you decide analytics are right for you or you think it makes sense, you'll be able to find that right down there. Uh, and then also... Just remember, you can always find Bone Coach on all the different social channels, as well as on Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, TikTok. You can find us there at Bone Coach. And on Instagram, you can find us at Bone Coach Kevin and all your favorite podcast channels, too. So um, I also want to make sure you know where the resources are mentioned here. So, Dr. Nick, any other resources you want to make sure we, we put into the show notes also? Boy, um, I will mention Neurohacker Collective. Uh, we do have a website, neurohacker.com, um, and we're on all social media fronts um, as Neurohacker. So a lot of information online. We are a science-heavy company. So if you want to learn more about Qualia Senolytic, which is our solution for senescence, 
Um, do go to neurohacker.com. We have monographs for every ingredient in the product. Um, we have great explanations around the science, how the product works. Um, and there's a lot of conversation there from, from customers and such. Yeah. I love that you guys are a research-based company. You've got a sizable, you know, sizable following and, and group of people that are, are already on board with Scenolytics and understand the value of it, which is just amazing. That's why I knew bringing you in front of this audience, in front of our audience was going to be uh, just a great match. So, uh, so glad you could join us. Remember bone coach, uh, use code bone coach. You get 15% off if you decide to head over there and then you can find all the resources, show notes, everything mentioned here today over at bonecoach.com forward slash neurohacker collective senolytics. Uh, I want to thank everyone again so much for your time. Make sure if you haven't done so already, you can find my free stronger bones masterclass in the show notes as well. Check that out. And we'll see you in the next episode. Hope you found this episode of the Bone Coach Show helpful. You can find all the resources, show notes, everything mentioned over at bonecoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, be sure to share it with someone you love, a friend, family member, even a group of people. And also be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode that can help you improve your bones, your health, and your future. One last reminder, if you haven't done so already, head over to bonecoach.com for more great resources to help you get on the path to stronger bones and an active future. I'm your bone coach, Kevin Ellis. I'll see you in the next episode.